This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Jacobs here on Voice of Change today and it's Radio Cape Pulpit. Welcome to the show. Today I have an inspiring guest with a story that's bold and that's brave and she's going to be sharing that story with us today because we need to talk about things that we don't often talk about too much and to make space for that on the show today is so so important. So I'm going to be joined on the show by Marilette Sanchez. Now Marilette is an incredible writer and she has written so many amazing blogs and so many inspiring things that have kind of gone viral and people love hearing her voice but she's also in full-time ministry alongside her husband and is a mom to amazing children and she's joining us from new york today to talk about her journey with mental health now mental health is kind of a word that we use a lot a lot of people use mental health or mental illness kind of interchangeably but when we talk about mental health we often see it as maybe something that is you know dark or strange and that is not the case at all so today marilette joins me to talk about mental health why it's important to really take a good look at our own mental health why it's important to be honest with ourselves and also we're going to be giving a little bit of hope today and encouragement for those of you who are in full-time ministry struggling with your mental health people often expect people in full-time ministry to be kind of you know perfect and never make mistakes and never struggle in their own lives but this is actually not the truth and today we're going to unpack it all on the show so welcome to voice of change it's going to be great we're going to be touching on mental health we're also going to touch on a little bit of you know that controversy about medication when it comes to mental health but also just really an inspiring time together to say how can we show up for ourselves and how can we show up for those we love so stay with me marilette is with me after this marilette so good to have you with me on voice of change today it's amazing to be here with you and we had a really good conversation a couple of years ago actually on podcast so today your story has developed so much and you have so much to share with us before we get into that welcome to the show and thanks for being here thanks for having me it's a pleasure so i am really just looking forward to our topic because today i really want us to be talking about your story but then also you know about mental health that's kind of our theme for today and I know that God has been leading you you know recently to be sharing more of your story and to really be sharing so openly with us so I really just want to say thank you for coming on and being here today and when we talk about mental health I think there's so many things that come up and especially among Christians which we're going to touch on but I'd love to hear from you you know you have this journey that you've been on for a while and that you're still on so how has your journey been looking with regards to mental health with your own walk and what's been up with you yeah I think um I don't want to get too much into my story. I feel like we'll get into that later, but uh, I've been doing really well. I think I've been really prioritizing self-care. It's kind of a buzzword now, self-care, right? You mm. think of bubble baths. But I think for me, it's really like taking charge of like my own, who I interact with, what I do with my time. And um, really for me, self-care looks like prioritizing time with friendships, like peer friendships, people who you can just be real with and can challenge you, but also just be encouraging. Because um, I, um, you guys might not know this, but I'm in full time ministry, which means I just 
care for people all the time. Mm. And so what got me in trouble during the pandemic when everybody was just kind of like come yeah had their own issues and coming to me for advice was like I was giving so much to other people that I didn't take care of myself. And um, that's what kind of got me started on my mental health journey where where I just realized all the things I wasn't doing right. Mm. Um, yeah, but I'm doing well now. I feel like I've learned so many things in hindsight. I've uh, learned how to even just take care of my body, I think is a big part of mental health, like exercising, taking care of um, just a good diet. Um, yeah, just different things like that. So uh, you never know if you'll kind of have a setback. But so far, it's been it's been a journey up since, um, like I said, during the pandemic where I got to my lowest low. Um, mm. But it's been it's been a good journey since then. Mm. I think that's so important because what you just said, I think so many people realized a lot, you know, during the pandemic and especially last year. I think I guess for some people this year has felt heavier and has felt harder and some people say that about last year, like last year was very, very difficult for them. You know, people have these different experiences. But again, mental health has been so, so impacted by what we've been experiencing. And one of the things that we don't talk a lot about is, you know, this effect on our mental health. Even people who have recovered from having COVID have struggled with their mental health. You know, it is just something that is happening. Now, when did you kind of realize what happened in your life that you kind of realized, actually, I'm not doing so good, you know? And and you shared with us something that's so important, and I think we're going to touch on that a bit later on as well, being in full-time ministry. This is something we don't talk about a lot, how, how intense that is and how it affects you. But when did you realize for your own journey what was happening in your life? I know that you're married and you have children and you give so much of yourself. When did you realize, okay, actually, I'm not feeling okay and something is not right here? Yeah, so this was in June of 2020. So right dab in the middle of the pandemic, uh, the, the first four months into in New York, at least um, stay at home orders. And so um, I was dealing with insomnia uh, for a whole week. I was just I didn't sleep. I slept maybe like two hours per night. But um, instead of feeling groggy, I felt really energetic. I felt very even euphoric, like I was on top of the world. Um, and so for a couple of days, I dealt with the insomnia, but eventually what led to um, me, I was sent to the hospital eventually because I had what is called a manic attack, um, a manic episode. Mm -hmm. And um, what that means is like you start to become paranoid. Um, you have these like delusions. Um, I had something that was mixed with psychosis. So it was very obvious something was wrong. I just had lost touch with reality. I was just saying a lot of things that didn't make sense to those around me. And so um, eventually I was put in an ambulance um, to go to the to hospital this, um, meant to just, yeah, to, to see, take care of like, my husband had no idea what was wrong, but he knew something was wrong. So he just it was beyond him. Um, he needed to get help. And so I was in the hospital for 10 days. And after 10 days, they told me that I had bipolar disorder, which is also called manic depression. And so that mine was a very obvious, like something, something triggered it. Um, mm. For I, I realized now, like, talking to my doctors and different mental health professionals, like it was acute stress that got me to that point. It was just things building on top of each other and just eventually reaching a breaking point. So that's how I knew something was wrong. Mm, that must have been quite 
quite a shock, isn't it? Like someone it tells was. you, this is, this is, this is it now. And you're like, wait, what? Wasn't that like yeah. quite something to actually process through when someone says to you, okay, you know, acute stress, you've had so much stress in your life and this is now where you find yourself. And that can be quite overwhelming. Exactly. It was definitely a shock for me. It took me a long time to really, to really digest that news. Hmm. And then the steps after that, because I think sometimes for people listening, they could be saying, you know what, actually, I experienced similar things, you know, and what steps did you have to start taking? Was it kind of like sitting down with yourself and saying, okay, I have to sort things out in my life, I have to prioritize, I have to deal with what's stressing me out, I have to deal with a lot more than that? Was it just really sitting down with yourself and saying, where to from you? I think that's a lot of what I did, a lot of meditating and reflecting. And just again, like I said earlier, like kind of analyzing, like, how am I spending my time? Like I spend so much time giving to people, but I don't spend enough time to just recuperate. And so, um, again, that that means like carving time in my schedule to just be and not do. So um, just doing things like my hobbies, like I've gotten into knitting and playing the piano. I'm not the best at it, but it's therapeutic <laughs> playing the piano. Um, doing those like adult coloring books has been really relaxing as well. But again, as I mentioned, um, just prioritizing the time with the people that I can just like digest life with, like mm. I can talk to them. I could talk to them about like, this is what's hard about, you know, being a mom. This is what's tough about being in ministry and they could just listen. And um, another thing, an obvious answer would be therapy. I did therapy um, for I think weekly in the very in the beginning um, when I was out of the hospital I've since been able to do just um, every cup this like things from my past that I didn't know that I was still dealing with so it wasn't just the you know dealing with a bipolar di diagnosis that was definitely one of the things I was processing but even childhood things that um, I didn't realize was still kind of eating at me therapy helped me get to the bottom of it and really help heal from it. Mm. I want to touch on that. I think that's so important. You know what? Over the last couple of months, a lot of close friends, a lot of people that I know have actually been saying to me that they've really, really been struggling and they've been getting therapy and they've realized that there's so many childhood things that we actually don't deal with. And a lot of people think that because they saved and because they have a great relationship with Christ, like that it's okay, you know, that things are okay. But actually, we are so complex as people and so incredibly deep that there are so many things, childhood traumas, childhood wounds, so many things that happen in our childhood that we almost have to it's hard for some people, but we have to, you know, look back at those things. We have to heal and therapy is good for that. And I think that is so necessary for people to hear, right? Because oftentimes you just think, okay, well, we're just fine. And now I got saved and everything is cool. And I'm just walking my life and I'm going to be okay. But in actual fact, that's not really, that's not the reality for any of us. And I know with, with, for me as well, it's not the reality for everyone. Like it's, there are so many things we, we're not, you know, we didn't maybe create the trauma that we went through, but we are responsible for healing, you know, from that. And so have you found that that has been an incredibly important part of the journey? Definitely. Um, there's an, a book that I would highly recommend. It's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. It's um, by a pastor here in Queens. Mm -hmm. And he, the even the cover of the book, it's a picture of an iceberg. And basically he says like, we're so much deeper than just like the things that, you know, we deal with and our emotions are directly tied to our spiritual life. 
And so he would say, um, yeah, like you need to deal with the emotional side of yourself if you want to be spiritually healthy and spiritually mature. Mm-hmm. So I definitely agree with that. Like you, we have to deal with it. We can't just, you know, mosey on through life pretending like those wounds don't exist. We all have some kind of wound. Like even if you came from a healthy family, you, you might have stuff from school that you're dealing with. Like I know for me, um, I had dealt with bully that really ate at me and even racially um, people just racial trauma because um, of bullying Um, because I I grew up in a very um, mostly white suburban town and they didn't they didn't interact with a lot of people of color Mm -hmm. and so they didn't know how to deal with me (laughs) and so Mm -hmm. how they dealt with me was through bullying or just like completely ignoring me and that was something that came up in therapy um, that I I didn't realize I was still kind of um, always trying to prove myself to people because of that rejection that I had dealt with so long ago as like a third grader. So I wouldn't have ever realized that without therapy. Hmm. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that with us as well, because that's so important. And I, I remember meeting someone a couple of years ago who really, really struggled with an eating disorder and could never, ever get to the bottom of it. She was like, wow, you know, my parents were so loving and everyone was so kind to me. And also through therapy, she realized that one day someone had made a remark about her wrist and had said like, oh, look, your wrist is like quite big, which means you're going to be fat one day. Um, and that that just changed everything about her life. The trajectory of her life completely changed because that moment where someone just said one thing, which is not really factual, you know, it's not like, oh, I've got a big wrist. I'm going to end up like that. But that moment just triggered something and led to this lifelong, decades long of having an eating disorder. And I think it's so important what you're sharing with us as well, because sometimes we can have a good family but i we all pick up things through life and some of us not didn't have such a great family and dealt with abuse or neglect even or just abandonment or it could be so many things and i think this is so important what you're sharing with us because it's it's a challenge to us to take ownership for our own reality for our own healing for our own journey to realize i have to take ownership i don't want to keep living here anymore in this place and, you know, do you still have therapy? Is that something that, that I, I believe that everybody should have therapy and should have a therapist? Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. it's, it's completely <laughs> so important. Uh, it's not for, you know, people who are just going through things. It's we all go through things all the time. And I think even more so the last two years the, with so much that has happened. So is that something that you still have, something that you still, you know, working through and dealing with, like going to see a therapist and, and I'm sure that like the process is also quite rewarding eventually when you start seeing the healing and the breakthroughs that come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I still go. It's been a couple months because like I said, it's more like check-ins now. So like mm. if I'm feeling stressed or something is bothering me, that's kind of more when I feel like the need to go to therapy. Um, to be honest, like sometimes my friendships feel like therapy. Like sometimes like if you mm. have really good friendships, like you can just like – um, trust that they're just good feedback of, um, and it's just therapeutic sometimes to just talk it out. It eats at you the more you just hold it in. But once you just talk it out with anybody, with a trusted friend, um, it could, it's a little bit like therapy. Uh, again, if you're going through something a little more serious, therapy is kind of the way to go, Mm -hmm. like what I went through. Um, but yeah, it's more like check-ins now that I do every Mm -hmm. couple of months. 
I love that. And and what you're saying about friendship is so true as well. Having those really, really good trusted friends that you can just voice to. Uh, and I know some people would probably be like, but I don't have anybody like that in my life. And I know sometimes that is the difficulty feeling alone. And especially I've, I've, I've heard a lot from like men that they, they often struggle with those kind of close relationships. So they don't have someone to, to kind of, you know, speak to or to just trust or to go deeper. And so that is also a challenge. But again, like you saying to us, you know, therapy is good. And, and often times when I was a therapist just for a few years, I remember feeling oftentimes like, Am I really helping this person? But I would realize that some sometimes people just want to be heard. They just want to be able to voice their experience and be able to process through it just by having someone listen that's non-judgmental, you know, in, in a caring space. And I think it's so important. There's so many things I want to I want to still talk to you about, Marlette, but we're going to go super, super quickly to a song. We don't want you to go anywhere because we're still going to continue this conversation when we get back. So enjoy some music with us. And like I say, don't go anywhere. We're going to keep touching on this topic of mental health and also, you know, just give you a little bit of, you know, maybe some tools to help you. We know it's December. December time can be really tough for so many people. So don't go anywhere. Enjoy the song and we'll see you when we get back. You're with me, Lauren Jacobs, here on Voice of Change. Today. Welcome to the show. If you just joined, welcome, welcome. If you've been with me from the beginning, I'm so glad that you are here because Marlette Sanchez is joining me and we've been touching on her own personal journey, her own personal walk. And you know, Marlette, I also wanted to touch on this reality that you brought up to us, which needs to be spoken about, is the reality of what people face in full-time ministry. Oftentimes, you know, whether whatever kind of ministry it is, people, and, and you alluded to this earlier on, and it's super true, People look to pastors or spiritual leaders or their elders or whoever it may be, people in any kind of full-time ministry, they look to those people almost as though they must have all the answers, but sometimes forgetting that we are all just real people. We are all just human beings. And it's hard for people in full-time ministry because you have to you have to hold a lot of things together because it's just the way that it is. So what have you really learned about this reality in full-time ministry and the way that kind of people, it's such a privilege to have people kind of bring all their pain to you and often, you know, you have to aid them and help them. But sometimes I think that people can forget that other people who are in full-time ministry are just human beings as well and need a place for their own pain and, and to walk out their own reality. Yeah, I think for me, it's just like always listening to my inner voice of like, when have I reached my capacity? Like, when am I like, for me, I, I realize that I start to reach my capacity when I start to lose patience with like the people closest to me, my husband, my kids. I'm like, okay, it's time for me. I need a backup. I need to realize that I need a break from just ministering. I need to re, um, just recuperate and build back into myself all those self-care things that I that I spoke about earlier. Um, so it really is like taking those moments to pause mm -hmm. and analyze like, okay, um, I'm starting to feel a little bit overwhelmed, things like that. And so I don't think in the past, like if somebody had a need, I just like jumped up and met that need. I did not even take the time to think through, okay, do I have the capacity for that? Like even now, like if somebody will call me, I, I need to ask myself real quick, like, do I have the capacity for this? If I know it's going to be kind of a deep talk. Um, yeah, like an emergency, it's different a little bit. Like you, you kind of have to, um, what do you call it? Like 
just move. But mm. for the most part, if it's somebody who's just asking for advice, like I have to like gauge my own capacity in that moment. So it takes a lot of self-awareness, I think. Um, it takes a lot of just pausing, like I said. Um, but it definitely is like a, a balancing act. Like it's always a struggle for me. Like mm. it's never like, okay, like I'm perfect at it. it. It definitely is a learning. There's a learning curve to it as well. But I think for me, having the thing, the the rhythms in place already of those times where I'm kind of um, de, um, decompressing, um, like I said, all those self-care habits, have mm. those in my in my don't wait till the last minute when I'm already overwhelmed to do those things, like have those things already in in the rhythms um, so that I have I feel like what happens to me is that I have more capacity when I prioritize like myself, like there's that old illustration of, you know, putting your own oxygen mask first before you Mm. can attend to somebody else who needs to put on their oxygen mask. I think that applies so well to like ministry. It's like, if you're not taking care of yourself, you have no capacity to give to other people. You're just going to be giving from an empty vessel and that's never a good idea. Um, just that's what I learned in hindsight that I was giving from an empty vessel and that's where everything just took a toll on me. Mm. Amen to that, you know, taking care of yourself. And isn't that a discipline? Do you think it's something you had to learn? Sometimes people feel that, you know, boundaries is, is difficult to kind of put up because what you're talking about is so true and it's so important. It's like erecting boundaries as well saying, do I actually have the capacity for this? And then some people go, well, actually, if I don't help, like there's a sense of guilt and it's all those things that can actually cause such problems. It's, it's just, it's kind of like, okay, I have to set a boundary and I have to know where I am at. And that's not selfish because God says, you know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So loving ourselves and taking care of ourselves is so important. And I think it's it's a challenge for many people. And it's maybe something that, you know, someone that's listening to us today needs to hear that, you know, you have to take care of yourself. You have to establish those boundaries. You have to know. And if you're feeling empty and if you're feeling overwhelmed or even if you feeling like you lack the passion to continue the ministry that you're in, maybe that's these signs, these moments where you can just almost realize, okay, something's not okay here. You know, maybe I need to take a step back and see where I'm at and where's my mental health at and where's my heart at? Where Where is my, my soul at? Where am I at right now? You know, and I think it's so important to not ignore yourself, to not ignore what's happening in your life, but to really, really take ownership for that and say, okay, actually something is, is up here and I need to start prioritizing differently. Marilette, I also wanted to touch on something that kind of is Almost, I would say, sometimes people find it strange or controversial, for lack of a better word, and that is medication. You know, I'm sure that you in your own journey have met a lot of people, especially Christians, who say, oh, we shouldn't be taking medication for our problems. You know, we should just be, I don't know, praying or doing something. You know, have mm-hmm. you have you found that kind of perception among people still today, you know, where they where the thought is very much about not getting medical help in that way, but kind of trying to sweat through it on your own? Yeah, I think personally, I've been very fortunate that that hasn't been the case. And people, you know, when they find out I'm actually on medication. Hmm. And I think especially for bipolar disorder, there's a brain chemical imbalance in the brain. Um, 
and I'm sure it's similar with other mm. uh, mental illnesses, but you're just correcting it. You know, you're correcting that men- that chemical imbalance. And I think if if I broke an arm and um, you wouldn't shame someone into getting a cast and getting that taken care of and, yeah. you know, maybe even if they needed painkillers, like there's no shame in that. But for some reason with mental illness, like there's a stigma around it. And I think it's not necessary because, um, it, again, it's something physiological that we're we're dealing with here. It's not just you don't have enough faith. And so I've heard that before elsewhere, but thankfully, like in my personal walk, nobody has said anything to me mm-hmm. like that. Thankfully, have, people have been supportive. Um, but I, I definitely see that there is still a trend like within Christians to, to see things like that, that it's a weakness if you if you do medication. So, um, yeah, I I think it's a, it's sad that that's the case because you you need as much support as you can get when you're dealing with a mental illness. And that kind of stuff doesn't help at all. Mm, Absolutely. And like you said as well, you know, and also like if someone has like a blood pressure problem, you do take medication. If you have, you know, diabetes, you do take medication. If you, if you have something wrong with you, you do, you do lean on what God has given us. And that's also medicine and science and I remember a while back on the show we were talking about postpartum depression and I remember that the guest I had on her name was Jean and she was sharing about how bad it got for her and thankfully people in her circle actually recommended going to see a doctor going to get things you know help and realizing that there was a chemical imbalance that she was struggling with and that there was no shame in her going and and you know taking medication and I think it's 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 when things are rooted in shame and other people put that shame on us or that burden or that guilt or fear on us then that's not that's not always from God as well you know we need to do what is right for us and how was your you know what it were there specific things that God like began speaking to you about personally during your journey and you know just working through things were there were there kind of life-giving things that God was telling you about your own walk and about your own life as you were confronting and facing some difficult challenges especially when trying to deal with you know your mental health and and self-care and learning all these important things were there things that God was really telling you or just showing up in your life because a lot of times people kind of feel hopeless in those situations where they're like I have anxiety or anxiety disorder depression you know how has God shown up in your journey Okay, so some of the things that I've learned um, that God has really taught me is, first of all, the importance of community. Um, I don't think we're meant to walk this Christian walk alone. I know for me, just practically speaking, um, you know, I spoke so much about like how my friends have helped me through the season, this the initial season of the shock of the the um, diagnosis. But even after that, I've just seen people come alongside me that I've just been so grateful for. Um, there's that verse, um, carry each other's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And that verse has really been encouraging to me. Um, I've seen that in practical ways, like people taking the kids for a little while, some church friends taking the kids for a little while so I could have some alone time to just, you know, gather my thoughts again. Um, just different people sending meals at the beginning of when I was first diagnosed, just mm. practical things of like, I've seen, yeah, the, I think before I used to think I was just superhuman, like I could just mm. get through life by myself. And uh, we talked about full-time ministers kind of being, you know, kind of put on a pedestal that we don't have our own struggles. But 
um, I've seen, yeah, the beauty of community. So that's one of the ways God has spoken to me and showed me. But I think another way is really um, the verse, God comforts us so that we can comfort others. And um, as I've shared my story um, with Bipolar through different avenues, whether through my writing or through podcasts, um, I've gotten messages from people that like, I don't even know, but they, they have shared like, thank you for sharing. Like I deal, I have the exact same diagnosis, but I've never told a soul because I just have felt so much shame around it. But you, you've just like given me the courage to share my story or somebody who's, um, has a loved one that's dealing with mental illness and they've just gained new perspective because, um, they, I just put like a, a humanity, a human like story to, to the illness. Um, and just encouraging words like that, like God always has a purpose when we're going through something, a trial or a tribulation, like there's always a purpose, like, and it doesn't always feel like that in the middle of it. But as you start to come out of it, you realize like, okay, God doesn't waste anything. God redeems everything. So um, that, yeah, those are some of the ways God has like whispered um, his goodness to me. Mm. Wow, that's so beautiful and so encouraging as well, because sometimes I think that, like I said, it can be sometimes people feel overwhelmed or they feel hopeless, you know, when they're facing things in life. And it's God, like you said, God can, God is going to, going to use, you know, what is happening. He's going to bring something beautiful from it. And especially in our own lives, that's how God works. And I think something else that you touched on that you spoke about now is super important. And I feel it's super important to, to also touch on is that, you know, sometimes you might not be the one that's struggling with like your mental health, whether it be anxiety, depression, you know, bipolar, whatever it may be, but maybe you have a loved one that has struggles with mental illness. What would you say to that person? Because sometimes if a person hasn't walked through it, they just really don't understand it. What would you say to that person that has a loved one today that's trying to understand how to be there for them, that's trying to understand how to help them, that's trying to, you know, do their best, but doesn't really quite understand? What kind of advice would you give to that person? I think we underestimate the power of just listening, not trying to give advice, not trying to fix anything, but just listening. I think that's like the most powerful way that I've felt supported um, by my loved ones is like, if I if I'm struggling with some, through something, um, if you know, for example, like struggling with the diagnosis, like I can't believe like this is my diagnosis. Like I can't believe I have to deal with medicine for the rest of my life, um, probably for the rest of my life. I'm not sure. But um, just dealing through that grieving process, like I've had loved ones just, you know, just listen and not be like, oh, but it's OK. Like God is. You know, sometimes those cliche things like God is going to work everything out or mm. everything works together for the good. Like you don't want to hear that stuff when you're right in the middle of the pain and the the questions that you have. Like mm. just being a good listener, just being there to like to hug or something like that. That is more um, impactful to me than um, getting advice in that moment and getting trying to fix it. So I think the temptation um, is to fix it or to try to convince them to um pick yourself up by the bootstraps kind of mm. thing. But I think just being a good listener is the most important thing you can do for your loved one. Mm. Yes. Amen. That is something that we want to say to you. If you're listening today that, 
you know what, if maybe you have a loved one or maybe someone is going through something really hard right now, especially in this December time or in the season, or maybe they've lost a loved one, or maybe they are struggling with their mental health just to be there to listen. There is such a temptation, as you said, to try and fix things. Say, you know what, I want to get you over this. I want to get you happy again, or I want to get you to a better space, but that's not very helpful. It's always about listening. I think that Almost all the time, it's about having someone listen and not just hear what you say, but really listen to what you say, really listen and be there in the pain with you and be in the questions with you, be in the grief with you, be in the moment with you. And and if that's a challenge to you, the listener that's listening today, then pray and ask God to help you be a better listener for your loved ones, to be, you know, a better person that is just there that doesn't have to try and fix it. Because sometimes that is so difficult to be around someone that's trying to fix you, you know, trying to be there and try and fix all your problems. You just want someone to, as we learned in psychology, it was called attend, attend to someone else's emotions, be with them in that moment. And Marilette, I want to say thank you so much for sharing your story with us and for inspiring us today, encouraging us to know that there, there is hope but also inspiring us to know that life is about taking care of ourselves and even for those in full-time ministry it's not about being a superhero it's about knowing that you know all of us we're just human beings and we're kind of walking each other home and so we can be with each other on the journey and if you could give any message to everyone that's listening right now as you know we come to the end of the year and we're going into 2022 what would your final thought or blessing be to those who are listening today I think just take the time to sit with your Savior, Jesus, and um, listen to what he's saying to you. I think there's a lot of voices that are coming at us right now. Um, It's a busy season, Hmm. but just take that time to... Marilette, thank you so much for being with me today. (laughs) It broke up again. But don't worry, nothing a little bit Can it of edit- be fixed. Okay. Yeah, nothing a little bit of editing won't do. Okay. Okay. So let's just, I'm going to go quiet for two seconds and then, um, yeah, we can just say bye. Okay. Marilee, thank you so much for being with me today. It's been super inspiring. I loved just hearing your voice again and just connecting with you. And thank you so much. And my prayer is really that you and your family will be blessed over this season, be blessed over this time. And even into 2022, that God will just do incredible things and amazing miracles in your lives. And thank you for shining brightly and for showing up in this world, in this amazing space that you have. So thank you so much and take care. These are my favorite kinds of conversations to have because I truly believe in in being so real in our lives and I've met people in full-time ministry who have said people look to me for the answers I don't have all the answers but who do I look to for my answers it's very easy in that situation to say oh you need to look to Jesus you know he is the author and perfecter of our faith he is the one that's obviously called you to full-time ministry so he's going to give you everything you need but oftentimes in life we look to our pastors to our leaders to our spiritual family and we look to them sometimes for these great answers and oftentimes we hold them up in a light that almost seems to cause them to be perfect or you know that they have to be perfect for us and maybe that's a ch- one of the challenges that we can take with us today is to honor those who serve you know full in full-time ministry but also realize that 
that they're just human beings and will sometimes struggle, struggle through mental health, struggle through depression, struggle through disappointment, struggle through the hardships in life. They too will lose loved ones. People in full-time ministry are called to that position, but also are called by God to be really real in their lives. The second challenge I believe we can take with us is self-care. Yes, it is this magical word, so to say, that people love to use. We see it on social media a lot. We see it all over. But what does self-care look like? Self-care is more than just taking baths, taking a day off, you know, or Netflix and chill. Self-care is really, really about ourselves. It's really about what's within. Sometimes self-care looks like facing the pain or the trauma that you've never dealt with. Sometimes self-care looks like getting help. Sometimes self-care looks like going to see a therapist. Sometimes self-care looks like having hard conversations with yourself and with your loved ones so that you can grow and that you can heal. Self-care is more than just, you know, doing something nice for yourself. It's about having the hard conversations and showing up for yourself. And it's about setting those boundaries, as Marilette said to us today. If you're called on and if you're one of those people who just feel, oh, well, this is my lot in life. I've just got to turn up for everyone, but I'm empty. I'm running dry. Then it's time to have a hard conversation with yourself about the kind of boundaries that you want to have, about the kind of love you want to give and about how God is calling you to love and care for yourself. Self-care and self-love are so important. The final challenge I want to leave with us all today is something that's super, super important. I know that this year has been really hard for so many people. In fact, for myself personally, I feel that this year has been harder than 2020. For some people, 2020 was harder than 2021. Whatever the case may be, just be there for your loved ones. Be there for one another. And my prayer is that people will be there for you too. Your loved ones will show up for you in this time. May all your celebrations and may all your gatherings over the next while be filled with love may you be around people who are life giving not taking life from you may you surround yourself with people who can speak into your heart and being and remember that it is about love love others and receive love for yourself that is my prayer for you over this season and this time may god really just shower you with his love with his joy and with his peace you know what? He's always there and I know that he's with you. He's with me. And so I pray that his nearness will be a blessing to us. If you're struggling with what you consider to be a mental illness or something that you've never spoken to anyone about, I really encourage you today to please, please, please speak to someone you trust or to, to reach out to a therapist or someone. Don't go this alone. You do not need to face anything on your own people will love you and they do love you and there is no judgment for what you're going through reach out to someone you love someone you trust reach out even to one of the counselors that we have here or reach out to a therapist reach out to someone don't go this alone you are loved you are not alone and you are cared for so until next week take care and god bless this insert was brought to you by radio k pulpit 7 to 9 a.m Please visit kpulpit.co.za.